0: Now, while you're right there, you might as well look at chapter 16 and look there in verse 12, verse 12, Revelation chapter 16, verse 12, and it says, And the sixth angel poured out his vow upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So we know that there's kings coming from the east. Chapter 9 gives us an idea that it could be the 200 million soldiers, but I can't guarantee that. But the Bible does say that they will come from the east and they are coming from uh, across the Euphrates River and that it will be dried up. And it also kind of correlates with all this other, but you'll notice now in verse 13. Verse 13 is where we have the unholy trinity. You know, we have the holy trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, you have Satan who copies, imitates the truth. He is a liar and a deceiver, but he can't deceive unless he comes so close to the truth. It's just not the truth. That's how he deceives. And that's why when he uses counterfeit, you can't hardly tell the difference. And this is why also Christ says he will come in his own name. And if it were possible, he could deceive his own elect, his people. But now notice, verse 13, And he saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, there's the devil, out of the mouth of the beast, there's your Antichrist, your political. And out of the mouth of the false prophet, that's the religious. So in the end time, we know there's going to be a one world religion, one world government. But the government is going to be ridden under the controls of the religion. And later on, the beast will throw the woman and devour the woman. But it's because, you see, they can get more done if they use religion, religion, religion. This is why if you've ever heard people say, you know, uh, it's religion that starts all the wars in the world. You take out the religion and there probably wouldn't be no word. But religion is talking about how you think. So that's why you say there's two things you never argue about, religion and politics. But that's all there is. Religion is what you think. And politics is how you live. Every individual has to have a governmental philosophy. How do you govern yourself? well, I'm self-governed. Okay, what do you mean by that? It means I tell myself what to do, and that's what I do. So everybody has to have a form of government. Even when you have children, you teach them what's right, what's wrong. You're teaching them a form of government. You may not tell them why yet. (laughs) They get a little bit older. Why, 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 why? And then they may want to develop their own way of living their lives, and often do. So in chapter 16, when he talks about this. And notice what they're doing in verse 14. They are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth into the kings of the earth and shall in the whole world to gather them to the battle that great day of God Almighty. And behold, I come as a thief. So in the verse 16 it says, and he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So you have an idea what the goal is of the beast and the false prophet. Now go back to chapter 13. Chapter 13. And you'll notice that when the Antichrist, the false prophet, began their rule, it said in the middle of the tribulation period. So, how do you know that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look there in verse 4 And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? This last head of this last world government is going to be so strong, so powerful, he's going to be like the superman that everybody's been waiting for. He's going to be able to deceive the world. Everybody's going to be so excited. Finally, somebody to set the world straight. Aren't we tired of all the mess that we're in? Somebody's going to come on the scene and have all the answers. Except he's the Antichrist. Against God. Anti means against. And so he says here in verse 5, And there were given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue for how long? Well, you know we can't go past the tribulation period when it's over here, so you've got a 42 month back, and you all wind up in the same spot. So this is when the Antichrist comes on the scene. This is when the devil realizes he doesn't have a lot of time left. And this is when the beast is going to take And come to a head, and the people are going to be convinced in the first three and a half years to listen to him. Peace and safety. This is what he promises. And is that what everybody wants? Peace and security. You know, if we only had a one world government, who would we fight? Doesn't that make sense? It's so logical. And the money fluctuating, and the markets, and all of that. Why don't we just have a one world bank? And just one world currency. And what would solve the problem is if everybody just had a national mark so that they would be able to buy and sell and so forth, we'd know who everybody is. We wouldn't have to worry about the immigrants coming across the borders. We wouldn't have to worry about it. Don't have any borders. Let everybody live and do whatever they want to do. Free health care for everybody. I mean, everybody's going to be in hog heaven. So therefore, he will deceive the world. And he gradually gains confidence, and nations get behind him. Next thing you know, he's the Savior of the world. And uh, that's when it all goes bad. But now notice, that will continue for 42 months. Now look down in verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. In other words, the devil is behind all of this. Now, you hear a lot of conspiracy theories. Now, this is a real conspiracy. <laughs> this is when the devil has really got a, a theory going here. He's got an idea on how to conquer the world. And so, he's going to have his own religious man come on the scene. And he's the one that causes everybody, to get everybody to worship the beast. See, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, you've got the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Here you've got the dragon, the devil. You've got the beast, which is a type of Christ. The antichrist and you got the false prophet which is a type of the holy spirit and so he's the holy spirit is to teach us what to do how to live so you look up there in verse 12 and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him which is exactly what the holy spirit does and causes the earth and them which worship there and to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was him so he has a deadly wound christ had a deadly wound how long was christ's ministry three and a half years how long is the antichrist ministry three and a half years. Well, slap my mouth. And where did he rule from and claim to, you know, be God? Jesus did in Jerusalem. Well, that's what he does too. He's a copycat. And he is going to do all these things. And so by the time you get down through chapter 13, you find out that they're going to impose upon everyone a mark of this beast or an image that is made like unto the beast, and has power to speak, and so forth. Now, go back to chapter 12. Back to chapter 12. Now, we know that if this is happening in the middle of the tribulation period, then you've got to have an idea, why is it going after Israel? What's Israel got to do with all this, and these other nations? Remember, the times of Gentiles is when Israel is without its king. So in all these places that the Gentiles have ruled over Israel. They've always been without a king. So, the king is coming back. But he's coming back here. And he has the king of kings and lord of lords. And then he's going to set up his kingdom. But right now, Israel has no king. And they can't have a king unless Christ returns. Christ was the only one who had a right to claim the throne of Israel. And nobody since him can claim the throne. Just a coincidence. ain't this awesome? Now look there in Revelation in chapter... 12. Now you talk about a woman. This woman is the nation of Israel. And the woman has the stars, and those are the 12 tribes of Israel. See there in verse 1, there appeared a great woman in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, in pain to be delivered. Israel, this woman, is going to have a baby. Look up here, just a second. There's God, and He talks about Israel as she is His wife, and He is the husband of Israel. You see, after uh, they got to Mount Sinai, and He gave them uh, the law, and Israel said, whatever He hath commanded, we will do it. So, I do, I do. Ah, you're married. And they've been happy ever since. No, no. Uh, there's been a problem with his disobedient wife. I could get sidetracked here. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go there. So God has a wife, Israel, and they're going to have a child. And so this child is going to be born in a certain place at a certain time. And so everybody knows that there's a, a time for a child to be born. And Israel was given birth to a child. Does anybody have a clue who the child was? Jesus Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem, Africa. Where does it say that? Micah 5.2. Micah 5.2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judea, yet out of thee shall he come forth, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old to everlasting. The one that's going to be born was from everlasting to everlasting. Never had a beginning, never had an ending. But when He's born into the world, He's born into time. There's another sermon there. But now what I want you to do is if You see there in verse 3 now? Verse 3, Satan, this wonder in heaven, a great red dragon. You say, How, who is this great dragon? Well, if you look down there and you'll notice that it tells us who the dragon is. Look in verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan. Now, you know who it is. See, Scripture teaches Scripture. So you don't have to say, I wonder who that is. Well, you lean a little bit further, and sometimes it'll tell you. So you go up there to verse 3, and you know that this dragon, and he is the prince of the power of the air, and he is the one who leads in rebellion to everything that God does. There's a sermon that I preached one time called, The Conflict of the Ages showing how that from the very beginning, the conflict, every time God would reveal something, there would be a great outpouring of wrath or judgment because the devil was, see, he has to wait until God reveals some prophecy so that he would know what's going on. And there's something that he could not figure out. There was even some things that were mentioned and recorded in Scripture that the prophets who wrote the Scripture said they searched diligently, seeking to discern What the Spirit which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So in the Old Testament, it talks about the sufferings of Christ. And it talks about the glory. But it couldn't separate them. How can He come as a lion and also as a lamb? He's going to rule with a rod of iron, and He comes as a little lamb and they slaughtered Him. Now you have to admit, there seems to be a difference of opinion as how can that happen? So they could not discern. But the scriptures were there. And so this is why, whenever the old devil overheard, where is he that is to be born king of the Jews? And then, whenever Herod heard, he says, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Do you really believe he wanted to worship him? No, he only killed all the little babies, two years old and under. He was trying to kill one baby, he was after one baby. But you see, it was after new stuff had been revealed. So the devil is always doing this. But now, what is important to understand is that he drew about one-third of the stars of heaven. And you'll notice in verse 4, his tail drew the third part of the angels of heaven, the stars of heaven, did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So the devil wanted to devour this baby. Then, in verse 5, And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to His throne. From verse 5 to verse 6 is a 2,000-year gap. So now look up here. There was this child that was born. And there was this child that died. And this child was caught up into heaven Because as they stood there and they watched, they saw him go up into heaven. And two stood by and says, why stand you here gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus which is taken up from you shall so come again in like manner. As you have seen him go, he shall, he's going to return. So he was caught up and they saw it. And then all of a sudden it's like, this isn't even in here. Because he's talking about Israel. Israel is God's timepiece, God's time clock. So now he's going to talk about this period of time. Now look what he says in verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. I wonder how long that is. Forty-two months, Forty-two months or three and a half years. So this is how we know when this is taking place. This is when the dragon, the devil, is coming down and is going to use his man to try to annihilate the Jews. And so she hath a place prepared. So when she sees this, and that's why he says, When ye shall see the abomination spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, claim that he is God, that's when you need to flee. So they to flee and get out of there. And this is where we believe they have a place preserved for them in the wilderness, a place called Petra. I believe, uh, well, I don't really know for sure. But, uh, Hank taught that? Yeah. yeah, All right, good. At least he was right on a couple of things, too. You know, <laughs> glad, to, glad to know that. But this is why we hold these views, because, see, once you see certain things, you know, well, this got to go here and this got to go there. So as you read down through here, in three and a half years, then you see there in verse 7, there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, the dragon fought with his angels, and so forth. And so there's a great big battle that goes on, and the devil and his angels were cast out of heaven, never to return again, now they're on the earth, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Why? Because the devil has great wrath now, and the devil is mad as a hornet, And the devil is coming after the very ones that brought forth that man child. So you see there in verse 12, therefore rejoice ye heaven. So in heaven we are rejoicing, and ye that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Happy to us. Where are we going to be doing this period of time? We're up here in heaven. This is what's going on down here. But when we know all this is going on, we know what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next. Therefore, that's why the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3, that He said, this is the revelation not of Saint John the Divine, but of Jesus Christ. Blessed are they that read and heed the warnings and so forth in the prophecy of this book. You and I are here. There's great blessings in here because of what it says to the church. But if you were living in the tribulation period and you had your Bible, you can know what's going to happen next. This is better than tomorrow morning's newspaper. And you can read this, and it will be a blessing to those who have a copy of the Scriptures, can read the Scriptures, understand what they're saying, and know what's going to happen next. Well, it's going to happen. So he says up here in verse 12, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath. So the devil has great wrath. The Lord has pouring out His wrath. This earth is going to be one big mess. It's the worst period of time that the world has ever known. There'll never be a time like it ever again. But now notice, this is what's going to take place. Now look there in verse 13. When the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, and we know this is the, the star that he saw being cast down, right before this was talking about the wormwood, but some star that comes down or some meteorite poisons the water, and people can't drink the water. And then he says, and I saw a star fall from heaven. Now, that could be when this happens. I don't know. But it makes this statement here in verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, who's the woman? That's Israel. The man-child was Christ. So now, the devil is using everything he can. He's got the power, the control of all the nations of the world. And there's just a little, bitty nation of Israel. Who's to stop him? Nobody can stop him, but one. And he's coming back on a white horse with his armies. And if he doesn't come back, God says there'll be no flesh alive. The devil would kill everybody on the earth. It wouldn't matter, because he's after one group of people. Is anybody talking about wanting to annihilate Israel today? It wouldn't take much for them to get a, a, a leader over all of them, would it? You know, the Muslim countries, there's only about 54 of them so far. How would you like to have that many people wishing you were dead? You couldn't stand it if just one person wished you were dead. You wouldn't be able to sleep at night? And how would you like to be little Israel over there with all these powers all around you? You can fly over it in about a, you know, a few minutes, the whole nation. But look what he says here now. In verse 14, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nursed for a time, that's one year, times, that's two years, half a time, that's half a year. I wonder how many of that adds up to Three and a half years, 42 months. You see, timing in the scriptures has to be exactly right. So if you know how it ends, you line up everything from the one point and go back 42 months or so many years or whatever it is, so many days, it's the same thing. So you know you're talking about this is in the middle. So that's why I believe chapter 11 and chapter 12 and chapter 13 is referring to the middle of the tribulation period and letting us know what is happening and why it's happening. The devil hates God, and God loves Israel. And God had made a vow to protect His people, and that there would always be a remnant. But if God doesn't intervene, there will not be a remnant. And therefore, this, I believe, is I believe it's a correct understanding. Now, look what he says there in verse 70. And the dragon, and we know who that is, the devil, was wroth with the woman. That's Israel. So we know that in the last day here, this devil is going to hate the woman and try to destroy this woman. And went to make war with the remnant of her seed. This is the remnant. Many have already been killed which keep the commandment of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is why when Jesus Christ comes back here in power and great glory, they will see Him, and they will believe on Him, and they will be saved as in a day. Where does that say that in the Bible? Israel, be saved in a day. Romans chapter 11, right? Look at it real quick. Romans chapter 11. And look in verse 26. It's actually a quote from the Old Testament because it says it in Isaiah 59, verse 20. But you'll notice here in verse 26, And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And so this is what is going to take place. And when does this happen? If you look at the verse right before it in verse 25, look at verse 25. This is where you have a reference to the fullness of the Gentiles. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit. Blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Now, the fullness of the Gentiles is the same as the period of time of the church age. The times of the Gentiles is from Babylon and goes all the way to all their Gentile ruling parties when Israel was without a king. And so it goes all the way to the end of the tribulation period. That's the times of the Gentiles. Fullness of the Gentiles is Christ taken out from among the Gentiles And putting them with the believing Jews. And so the believing Jew, believing Gentiles, form the body of Christ. We're totally separate. We become the bride of Christ. Israel is the wife of Jehovah. So God, the father, and Israel, the mother, had a child, Jesus. So Jesus has gone home to prepare a home for a bride. And the father... Is saving individuals. And he's gonna give these saved individuals as a bride to his son. It's just Jewish custom. This is why when Jesus made the statement, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. He'll never cast out any of those that the Father gives him. And he says, the Father says, I will never lose you, and I'll never forsake you, and He will never lose anybody. So this is what He's referring to, though. The Father is going to give all of these believers to the Son, and they are His bride. So one day, see, Jesus, who is a perfect Son, will have a perfect wife. The next time, I'm going to be the bride. And so are you, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior. That's why after we are caught up here, we go to get dressed. The righteous acts of the saints, Revelation chapter 19. So all the believers are going to be dressed in the righteous acts of what they've done. What you have to wear is going to reveal the glory that you have shown to the Lord. It's going to show the praise, the honor that God is going to bestow upon you. Then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we go on a thousand year honeymoon. And then He's going to give us a new place to live. I mean, you're talking about a bride that's really going to get it all. Then He says, the seventh angel said, come with me and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And He showed me the holy city. And this is when He says, and I, John, saw the Holy city, New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. It's 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide and 1,500 miles long. One city over half the size of the United States, made of pure gold. And that's why I see down here, us Christians, we don't have to fight over money. We don't have to worry about the wealth of this world. You have no clue how rich you are in Christ. Because, see, when we get here, we're going to squash gold dust between our toes. If there is gold dust, I don't know if there will be, but I always like to squash mud between my toes. And then walls of jasper and gates of pearl. And it will have no need of a sun or a moon because it says the Lamb will be the light of the city. I think it's going to be awesome. But, you know, there's a clue. You can't get in with sin. Let this represent (laughs) sin. You have to be perfect. Christ is only going to marry a perfect bride. You can't have any flaws. If you've ever told a lie, you can't get in. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus Christ, when He came to the earth and died, He died to pay for all the sins that we've ever done. All the way from the beginning, the blood, all the way through. For by grace are you saved through faith every dispensation. From the first man to the last man, everybody's saved the same way by the blood of Christ. His life for ours. He was our sacrifice.